Hi there, and welcome to Better Advertising with Better AMS. My name is Justin Knuckles, and I'm your host. I'm joined today alongside Matt Kubansik, CEO and co-founder of Guardian Baseball. We'll be talking today about their experience selling on Walmart for several years now and having climbed their category, expectations for other sellers looking to come onto Walmart, and some of the benefits for customers even outside of Prime. So on that note, let's bring in Matt. Welcome in. All right. Welcome in today, everybody. My guest today, I'm sitting with Matt and we are talking about Walmart today. But before we get into that, I wanted to introduce everyone, Matt, to your background a little bit. Um, You're CEO and co-founder today of Guardian Baseball, along with your partner back there behind you. Um, You've been doing this now for about five years as a retailer uh, direct to consumer. Um, But I also saw that you're authorized vendor partner of some pretty large uh, brands in the baseball uh, equipment space. So with that being said, I want to throw it over to you and, and get a bigger background, a little more in depth, what you guys are up to over there. Yeah, appreciate you having me out today. Matt Kavancic, co-founder uh, and CEO of Guardian Baseball. Um, we are a multi-channel e-commerce retailer on sites such as Amazon, Walmart, Shopify, Google Shopping, uh, eBay. And we predominantly uh, in the past have worked with vendor relationships. And then we're in the midst of a pivot of going predominantly uh, D2C, direct-to-consumer with our own merchandise, um, as well as maintaining um, a few key uh, partnerships within the Amazon space where we you know, control brand registry, advertising, and such for some of our brand partners. Amazing. So you guys act in the Amazon space then with the partners more so in like a, like almost an agency role, kind of managing their, their branding, their marketing um, behind that, correct? Yeah, so we come in as an authorized third party and we clean up a lot of their listings and content. That's how how we got started. So, you know, Zev and I started the company in 2017, me having a background in e-commerce, Zev having a background in baseball and started working with a lot of the brands that were pursuing him um, due to his background in baseball in the state of Kentucky. He owns the Wolves Baseball Academy uh, and travel team organization, which is the largest independently held a uh, travel ball organization, almost uh, 18 teams. And he had two uh, two guys that got drafted this year, one of the Yankees and Padres um, out of his organization. And then I had the e-commerce background. So we started working with a lot of the traditional brands in the space um, and developing Amazon SMUs and gaining content. And uh, that's it's kind of pivoted us to a, a D2C model. Uh, more so in filling in the gaps of where the inventory and where the merchandise wasn't being allocated properly by the vendors. Okay. So yeah, you guys had all the skill sets and you were, you were doing and saw a gap in the market and we're like, let's go fill this with our own product. Um, so that's fairly new. You guys have been doing that now for how long? Uh, we started the business in 2017. I would say it really hasn't it was kind of lifestyle business the first few years because I was uh, I just sold my previous e-commerce company and was doing a lot of consulting in the Amazon and e-commerce space. And then we really started get, getting going 2019, 2020. Um, and recently, about a year and a half ago, we brought on a investor and co-owner, uh, Matt Joyce, who just retired from Major League Baseball, played 14 years in the pros, was an all-star and has a very entrepreneurial background, does a lot of things in real estate, owns a lines of gyms in Florida, and has an independent league, uh, baseball league out of uh, New York, upstate New York. Amazing. So these connections are obviously getting you guys some great partners in the baseball equipment space. 
But like I said, shifting over to talking about Walmart, this is one of the areas you guys sell within um, in addition to to Amazon. But as we don't get to talk to many people that are what else, you know, air quote, say, perfecting Walmart um, in its early stages, early development. Um, it's really the people getting out there, putting up as many SKUs as they can and trial and error, as we were talking about before we started recording today is, you know, just seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. So just love to ask you, you know, what has your experience been like over there? How long you guys been selling on Walmart? Um, just kind of start from the top. So yeah, I've been personally selling on Walmart for over a decade and was an original merchant on jet.com for my previous business. I was in the footwear and apparel business from 2005 um, up until about 2017 when I exited my footwear business. So I, I kind of saw the early on of the jet and Walmart space and it's definitely evolved and adopted. And being in the community of e-commerce, being on a lot of the slacks and the blogs and the telegrams and speaking at a lot of conferences and getting to know people, uh, within the community, people are either really super successful on Walmart or they're not. And the people that are not, they they've never been like I've invested a team into Walmart and we've we've put all of our effort on it, but it just hasn't been successful. So if somebody's like, oh, we don't really do a lot on Walmart, I'm like, do you have somebody running Walmart? Like, are you actively looking at it? And it's always just like we're kind of throwing a feed up. We've tried AdWords or they're advertising, it doesn't really work. So that's kind of the traditional answer I got. And in this space, obviously, in the community we're in, you constantly hear tons of different methods and how to rank up on Amazon or how to build a, a, a brand on Amazon. And that's constantly evolving and changing by almost by the hour and day. Mm -hmm. And yeah. what we found on Walmart is there's actually not a lot of content out there and how to do that. So it's all about really relationships and kind of trial and error. You know, we went through a few, we were lucky enough to get granted into an account manager program at Walmart. And we went through, you know, various account managers and some were, you know, moderate at getting us responses and getting things solved. But we really lucked out and we ha uh, have a great gal who uh, runs the sporting goods now. And then I put one of our top people in the organization uh, actually specifically in charge of Walmart and kind of de-emphasized like an eBay, which is kind of, you know, I would say dying in terms of like the newer, newer merchandise where it's more of a re becoming more of a resale site and collectible um, as and less of a competitor of like an Amazon or a Walmart. So I've kind of de-emphasized that and re-emphasized her into Walmart. And like I said, you know, I, I've been an early on seller in eBay 15, 20 years ago and was Channel Advisor Customer of the Year and uh, always worked on different websites, whether it be Rakuten and all these sites. And the success that we've always had has always been based upon the success of the account manager that works with us. And I know Amazon World's a little different because other than maybe the Buy With Prime team, there isn't a lot of activity or outreach on the Amazon side. So it's a lot of, you know, building your own efficiency, building your own systems and building your own processes and your own enterprises internally with software to really kind of build that. But a lot of the other sites in e-commerce, whether you're doing affiliates or whether you're doing Walmart, eBay uh, and sites in the past are really relationship based. And a lot of those companies and accounts have account managers. So we've been very successful. And I think it's a it's a two step. Like if you have a great account manager or somebody really help you on these secondary sites, and then you put one of your top people internally to help really develop that site and incentivize them to really develop that site. 
um, then it really helps you focus on that site. Because I think we all have a tr- uh, an issue of whether you're trying to grow Shopify versus Amazon or grow Walmart versus Amazon, you're always going to spend 90% of your time on Amazon, right? It's really hard for you as a CEO mm-hmm. or as the director of marketplaces to say, okay, as of today, I'm going to spend 50% of my time on Walmart. It really works of allocating a certain person to the uh, to the space. Yeah, 100%. Like You can't just throw things up and it's going to match what you're doing on Amazon. That's just unrealistic expectations. And so I think that's part of it is going into it with proper expectations of, of what's even possible, what to expect out of Walmart. So, um, I mean, obviously not going into the numbers or anything specific, um, I'm guessing you're you're the same as most people we've talked to where Walmart is, you know, if you're lucky, like a tenth of what you're doing on on Amazon, right? It's traditionally a little bit more for us. It's been growing as a percent. Um, it's up there with Shopify was a really large channel for us in 2022. We developed that. Um, it's not as profitable for us as Amazon because, you know, we're predominantly a marketplace based uh, D2C company. And that's where we specialize in working with the vendors. But Walmart is gaining more of a market share in terms of the percentage of Amazon. But yeah, it's somewhere in that five to 15% space. Right. So with the proper expectations, um, you know, not expecting to to mirror even 50% of what you're doing on Amazon, um, but really, you know, trying new things, putting a person to the task and not just uh, throwing your listings up and walking away. So with that being said, I'm curious what you guys have tried, you know, gotten access to and and played with over there. That's working really well. Yeah. So, I think we're in a unique perspective because Walmart's a little bit of a transition and just kind of a background on Walmart. Obviously, you know, my wife 10 years ago would would prefer Target over Walmart, wouldn't step foot in a Walmart. And you saw areas of their business. I think they've done a really good job with like Ozark Trail of taking down like a lot of Yeti items and stuff. And as a personal consumer that shops at Walmart, like that stuff's on par with being like a price point down from like a Yeti cooler and they've developed other areas of their business. Uh, like dude wipes is a super successful D 2 C brand in Walmart, um, that elevated a price point of a normal household item. So I think those are two examples that we're kind of seeing success over the last five years, um, in the Walmart space. What's going on recently is they've replaced a lot of their private label apparel. And I think they're, they're targeting apparel and sporting goods as elevating. So in apparel, it was predominantly like brands like Faded Glory or George, right? Just unbranded. But if you go into a lot of the Walmart A stores now, they did a deal with Reebok. So Reebok is filled everywhere in their athletic section. Um, and it's predominantly the number one brand in there. And then they're, they just did a deal with Justice, which used to be a former kids store. It's a really big brand in kids. And they just yeah. did an exclusive like collab drop with Jelly Beans, like the, the candy company with Justice. So they're starting to go along those lines of like what a Target or a Nordstrom's would do in terms of elevating their merchandise in areas such as apparel and sporting goods. And from our communication internally, that's something that they're really taking in the baseball space is they want to not just be seen because in our community, like there's a lot of influencers that make fun of like, travel ball parents or something or and rec ball parents versus people that play super competitive baseball and they'll film at Walmart and say, Hey, uh, what kind of bat is this? Oh, because Walmart has predominantly carried this 
these items that are very tiered at maybe a kid who's just playing baseball or he's never really played baseball, but he's trying out for his high school team because he's good at football and his friends want him to join. Where a travel ball kid who's like my kids who have played all their life, they're going to either one of the big box stores or they're going on Amazon or one of the traditional e-com sites for that equipment. But Walmart's really trying to change that, not only on uh, in their stores, but on uh, on Walmart.com. And they're trying to elevate their brands and their assortment in uh, in the baseball and other sports that they're targeting to be more of a desired competitor to other big boxes, such as an Academy or Dick's. Yeah, increasing the quality of of the the merchandise, I think, is is the way even Amazon has seemed to be going. You know, they're they're making it harder for just anybody and everybody with you know that sells a a black pen to to list it and rank at the top of page one. Like you have to be uh, a legitimate brand, so to speak, nowadays. Like the the opportunities they roll out with new betas or even just new ad types coming from our perspective, like it's very catered to those with a great creative team and and great. Uh, branding behind it. So um, it's great to hear Walmart doing the same thing. So with that being said, have you guys seen it, you know, easier coming from your guys's product lines and, and quality perspective to, to rank at the top of page one, you know, top versus Amazon? Yeah, we've been really welcomed as a, as kind of this new wave of D to C brands that are Amazon and Walmart native built where you kind of saw the first wave of D2C brands of the mid 2010s coming out of, you know, growing from Instagram ads or Facebook ads. Right. And I feel really the next wave is really coming. You're seeing Amazon with the buy with prime. If you go on the buy with prime Instagram page, you look at the brands they're targeting like Bala bang, you know, the Bala workout uh, gear, they're targeting D2C brands to adopt to the prime infrastructure so they can be used for fulfillment. So naturally, they're in the Amazon ecosystem and launching on Amazon. And I think you're seeing that with Walmart as well. They've been very receptive to us as a D2C brand and our merchandise because we tell a story with it. You know, all of our listings, we're containing videos. We have on there that we're owned by a former Major League Baseball player. We have on there that we're creating a value, you know, big issue, a big driven focus of us is creating value, but in cool merchandise where a lot of the brands in the space are not really changing and evolving their merchandise. They're doing the same kind of, they're going after the kid who's going to buy a $500 bat that's on the star of their high school team, but they're not really making cool merchandise for like an eight-year-old kid that's just starting to play baseball. And I think if we want to get kids more involved in the game of baseball or girls involved in the uh, game of softball or girls involved in the game of baseball because there's many that play baseball as well then we need to make it fun and i think that's something as a baseball fan that basketball and football has done really well is market themselves and baseball whether it be the major leagues or also as a sport has not and it's become unfortunately a rich people sport and where travel ball with all fees lessons uniforms on average costs ten thousand dollars a year for a kid to play and the rec leagues are getting decimated because anybody halfway decent is on a travel ball uh, team by the time they're eight or nine years old. So we're trying to represent ourselves as value, but like cool value, like Chipotle did with, you know, Hey, we're not a $30 restaurant, but you're going to get a great meal or like, you know, that feeling where it's not fast food, but it's a step up. 
So that's kind of what we have done in the baseball space. And I think having a partner like Walmart in that, and they recognize that. And that's how that communication has been very successful. I like that positioning that like premium in the value uh, tier of products. Um, you can still be cool, but at a, at a, you know, entry level price point. Yeah. And to your point, we didn't know that going into building the brand that, so it just kind of happened like Walmart and us started working together. We got the right account rep. We told our story and then the buyers, you know, one P we started talking to one P. So there were some introductions into that and those are evolving really well. So it, it's, Basically, two companies, I think, kind of progressively in this category going along the same path. Yeah, you've, you kind of found the the idea and the really the market product fit along the way as you as you found your partner in the retail space. Uh, just curious, are you guys doing things outside of, of Amazon and Walmart, just general kind of advertising, um, lifestyle marketing, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, uh, partnering with MLB players? Um, is that any part of your marketing we did a large push earlier last year um, and being traditionally in in a marketplace space, you know, it's a little tougher. And then obviously you had the iOS changes that crushed a lot of D2C brands in Q1 last year in terms of their advertising. So that was a fun time to really launch kind of pushing our Shopify site. Um, we struggled with Deliver. Uh, it was a complete nightmare, which eventually got acquired by Shopify Logistics. And we're really glad Buy With Prime launched because that was a super huge, successful part of our Shopify uh, in Q4. Um, but yes, we do do a lot of brand building influencers. We were very early on adopter of NIL influencers. And na- NIL stands for name, image, likeness. So we signed uh, Ivan Melendez. He broke the all-time record for home runs in college baseball last year. He was drafted by the Diamondbacks. So we had a lot of content on social media with him uh we worked and working again with bella dayton she was in for played for texas longhorns in the college world series jasmine perez chica who plays for arizona so working with a lot of colleges college kids through that new uh, name image likeness and that was something that the government passed a couple years ago or a year ago where college athletes could basically be compensated for marketing uh which couldn't be done before so it's just mm-hmm. perfect timing once again. And and that's done really well is developing the brand because we know as we moved into private label, we just didn't want to be another private label brand on the marketplace, you know, atmosphere and really like building, just trying to build something there. So we wanted to build something off Amazon where if a customer was searching baseball cleats on Amazon and we're getting the traditional brands in the footwear space. And then they came across our video ads or our content on the pages that they could go verify us on social media and say, oh, wow, they're working with these former pro athletes. Oh, wow, they're working with these softball. Oh, wow, they have all this content out there. Um, And it's been a mix of everything. Athletes, we work with a a great guy uh, and his son named Lathan the Kid Umpire. He's been featured on ESPN. Uh, He has millions of followers between TikTok and Instagram, and he's one of our influencers and worked with him in the past and we're discussing collabs and stuff. So it's been very active off channel. I think that's a great way to approach it is, is the synchronicity between what you're doing on, on retailers, not just specific to Amazon, but Walmart, et cetera, wherever you're selling um, and aligning that with what you're doing on your own site, your own socials. Even if you, even if you're not trying to go viral or, you know, get the next biggest influencer to, to promote your product, like, Aligning what you're doing across platforms, I think, is is huge and a, a sign of, you know, 
validity behind a brand. So that's part of it. But then when you have partners like you do in the college athlete space, like it's even more incentivizing to use it in as many places as you can. So that was right. My and point that's there. something that we've adopted to your point. We've, ad- we've done that content on social media, but we've also put it on Amazon. And that's something that we don't see even a lot of the traditional brands doing where they, they sign and pay these people. But I think something that we lose focus on in the Amazon and Walmart community is we know our tactics and, and area really well. And sometimes a lot of these people in the social media space, like TikTok ads people or Instagram ads people don't know Amazon as well. So as opposed to hiring a really expensive TikTok consultant, one of my friends owns a large marketing agency and he was one of the few agencies invited to the TikTok conference. He works with a lot of the bourbon companies um, and traditional retailers or traditional companies in Kentucky. So Mm -hmm. I've, and he doesn't know anything about Amazon, but he's starting to get some bigger brands attract him to the Amazon space. So I've kind of like done an exchange where, Hey, I'm going to help you with Amazon stuff and teach me TikTok. So that's just a quick point of advice for anyone in the space is, you know, you don't necessarily need to go out and hire a big firm for 500, you know, 5,000 or $10,000 a month or a high paid consultant. Sometimes you can trade your knowledge in this community through different networking groups for someone that's really well-versed in the social media. Yeah, hundred percent. In fact, we had a podcast episode, I want to say Q4 of last year, owner of, of Wonderskin Makeup um, did a viral TikTok case study um, where I think it was through TikTok ads and they had great success and a whole TikTok case study put together for them. Um, so just, you know, talking to people like that, connecting with those people, uh, those who have had success um, and learn a ton. Like you said, you don't need to go hire the best agency out there to, to run these things. You can just trial and error. It seems to be your kind of way of learning. I love it. Uh, one other question here for you, man, is what kind of softwares, if any, are you guys using to, to not only monitor your Walmart and things you're trying there, but you know, Amazon, other marketplaces? Um, do you have any kind of like single point of software that, that does some management? We don't have a single point of software. You know, growing up in the e-commerce space, I'm, I'm 36 now and I, I've started my first e-commerce business when I was 13. And so I've been in the space over two decades. Ten years ago, there was a lot of big uh, central systems and especially with the marketplace space. And I think with the Shopify app store, it's gotten very like where you can do a lot more with a lot less expensive software. So we don't have like a big ERP. We utilize a WMS warehouse system, um, the traditional keyword tools that, you know, everybody uses out there. And then um, repricing tool we will use like a seller snap. Um, and then, you know, one new software I really like is my real profit. Um, that's something that I've adopted. It's really helped, uh, not only in guardian, but some of my other businesses, it's just, it's really kind of done that connection between the accounting team and QuickBooks and, uh, getting like real time updates of the profitability of the business. So that's been nice. Um, so that, you know, normal tech stack, I guess you would see in e-com, uh, we use a shipworks. It's owned by the same people that use ShipStation. So we're, we do a lot of seller fulfilled in addition to utilizing Walmart, WFS, and Amazon FBA. Okay, awesome. I was going to ask if you guys are using WFS, which sounds like you are. You mentioned Deliverer earlier. And as a, as a former Walmart seller for a period of time, I had the, uh, the experience of working with them as well. So uh, I take it you guys used Deliverer at one point? 
we used Deliver at one point, and mainly for our Shopify uh, site it. because we were trying to grow our like a an ability to offer the customer, you know, one to three day delivery at basically what we could negotiate internally with yeah. traditional, you know, ground shipping or priority mail or mail resellers. And the deliver rates look good, but it was not successful. It just didn't work for our business. We had too many SKUs, too many variations. The integrations were poor with a lot of the marketplaces. There were a lot of hiccups with multi-unit orders coming from different addresses um, and different and then there was delays in getting things in fulfillment centers and their technology stack just was not up to par of what I think we get used to like how things work on the Amazon fulfillment side as an Amazon right. core merchant. So, you know, when we go to other people, sometimes it's a letdown, you know, as much as we complain about Amazon, you know, it's pretty neat sometimes that you can send in a ground package and then instantly your, you know, 300 units are available in a week to the rest of the world with prime shipping, you know? Yeah. Amazon has set expectations in terms of the uh, logistics side of business pretty, pretty dang high. So, you know, any other tips you have for, for Walmart sellers looking to get into, you know, the Walmart space? Um, this is kind of just a, a brain dump of, of everything that, you know, we've all wanted yeah, to know I mean, about. Walmart, Walmart has a lot of beta programs. So I think the more you adopt and invest in Walmart, and try to obtain an account manager as you grow your business on there. Uh, definitely come in mind. I don't think it's a it's a site where you can just build a private label like, hey, I want to do private label pillows. I think you kind of have to go at it like you're building an off an off Walmart and off Amazon brand. So if you're a D2C brand that's a marketplace native one, it's definitely a site worth investing in. Uh, they they're pretty accessible with account managers. And it's all about finding the right partner there. And there's a lot of beta programs and a lot of programs that help garner reviews or increase visibility on the site. And they've been uh, very welcoming of that and, and help creating content and gain market share in terms of search visibility uh, through organic and paid methods of advertising. Amazing. We, uh, you, you said it's a relationship-based business, so connecting with your account manager, um, getting to know you know the programs and opportunities that are open to you, I think is is most important. Um, you know, coming in from the advertising side of it, as we are you know managing several Walmart accounts, um, learning what's working there and what's not. Um, we've seen a lot of improvements there just over the last couple of months with um, even just the the rollout of the second price auction. I think that was in the last like six months. Like massive, massive improvements coming. So. Um, if you take nothing else from this episode, it's, you know, get listed on Walmart, um, try some things out, trial and error, um, and, you know, plant your seeds for tomorrow's success, right? Yeah. And I think the velocity of items, once you're ranked organically on the site, it could rot. So our business, like you said, was, you know, anywhere from five to 20% overall as a percentage of Amazon, but that business that, you know, 10 to 20%, is done on a much smaller catalog. So it's not a site like Amazon where we've listed this large catalog because we also work with brand partners and a lot of items organically sell without advertising. Um, but it's, you know, five to 10 ASINs that do most of the volume on Walmart. And that's what we've kind of found. So it's a really a site where you kind of want to maybe segment out even if you're a private label or D2C company and you're on Amazon and maybe you have 50, you know, 50 parent or 50 listings, maybe it's, I would suggest starting off with 
two or three of your what you feel would be the best assortment for Walmart and really going in depth on those, learning the algorithm, testing it out, uh, gaining market share and uh, and then slowly building on other categories that make sense. Yeah, the the old Pareto principle, focus on the the 20 percent, the drive 80 percent of results. Just focus on your, your hero ASINs and, and get things planted there. I think Walmart is really poised for the future for taking a larger percentage with all the macroeconomics going on in the United States and globally. I mean, you saw Wells Fargo downgrade Target. You have the Amazon layoffs and Walmart was upgraded by them. I think you're going to see as the customer switches from, you know, having all this money through all the PPP money and all the money through uh, COVID right? And all the boom after that with the consumer and having all that extra discretionary money. Now everybody's pulling back, right? And massive inflation, the consumer spending's down. CNBC released an article where it's very poor holiday spending and you're seeing some people suffer. I think you're really going to see a lot more customers adopt Walmart that maybe previously shied away and shopped at other locations because it's always traditionally stood as value. And I think they're coming in at the perfect time to really upgrade their assortment in some of the areas that have been lacking. And I think they will start to take over a lot more share of the market space. I know as a consumer, I've adopted the Walmart Plus flywheel. It's a better experience 90% of the time than Prime. And if you haven't done it, you will understand. It's really nice. You get the same two to three day shipping. Items, in my experience as a consumer, are less expensive Maybe the assortment isn't as great on Walmart because the cost to advertise and build a business on Amazon, as everyone knows on this podcast listening, have shot up tremendously. So you're trying to do everything you can to get, uh, increase your price on Amazon more and more. And you get that same two to three day shipping. And honestly, prime delivery, it's getting quoted farther out. I mean, I know in Q4, there was a bunch of instances and a lot of people in my network that we're posting, hey, it's taking a week to get to customers. I buy on Prime still, and sometimes I get an order and it takes a week. And I'm like, well, what am I paying Prime for? Like, I can just go order the standard shipping. And so the Walmart's two to three days, like I said. And what's also nice is I can get anything in the store, uh, which is a lot different than like just going to Whole Foods where I can just get organic groceries. But Walmart has a full organic assortment. So I buy a lot of organic you know, groceries, but I can get like duct tape or cat food, right? I can get other things, everyday use, paint, uh, toothbrushes, other things that I wouldn't get necessarily from maybe a traditional grocery like a Kroger or a store like Whole Foods. And that's all delivered within two hours. I, I'm fully adapted to that. And it has a lot of other benefits like free Paramount, um, live streaming, you know, the streaming app. So that's been a right. huge plus. So it's a lot less expensive than Prime. And to me, it's been a better experience as a consumer. And I have five kids and a wife. So it's been pretty amazing for us as a family. That might have been a nice little insert advertisement for, for Walmart Plus. I might have to go try it out myself now. Um, like you said, I think this uh, there might be much more rollover benefit than you just get out of Prime as a customer. And once people like myself, who are even you know working in this, this space, um, you know, get to try it and, and see how much more advantageous it is and all that extra benefits, it'll become a no brainer that people are going to start shifting their habits over to walmart.com for um, more and more of the things they shop every day. And even one-time purchase items like, you know, discretionary items. So. Yeah. Yeah. To your point, I think Walmart 
board, you know, with your ordering like duct tape or pencils or notebooks, right? Amazon's having to aggregate all those items to you or either ship them individually. So there's a, there's a higher cost. But if you look at a Walmart, there's a store within, you know, most of the population. So they can afford to lower the price of the items because they're not having to pay shipping because they can deliver most of their items out of stores, whether you need notebooks, duct tape, groceries or whatever. So, yeah, they've had the warehousing and, and that game settled for a long time. Amazon has just kind of come around to that. So cool, man. Well, I think we could talk Walmart probably for another couple hours, but I don't want to take too much more of your Friday. We can uh, we can circle back up in uh, in a few and see what new additions have been rolled out to Walmart, what successes you've had, we've had, um, as well as the failures. So uh, we can circle back another time and talk Walmart more in depth. But again, I appreciate your time today, my man. Yeah, appreciate you uh, having me on the podcast. And uh, if anyone has any questions, Feel free to outreach Matt Kabancic, K-U-B-A-N-C-I-K, LinkedIn and Instagram, best ways to get a hold of me. Uh, and then Guardian Baseball, you can follow us on any major social network from TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook. So appreciate your time. Appreciate it. And we'll have the links to Matt and Guardian's uh, socials and links all below here in the show notes. So um, again, thanks so much, everyone, for being here today. Cheers.